Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. I'm so glad to be here with you today. I love our times we get to spend together that we talk about learning and loving and living and especially thriving in all that we do in our life and business. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Today, we want to talk about something super cool. We want to talk about what are you learning and how are you applying it? What are the things that you've learned recently over the course of your life and in different areas? And then how are you using that? How are you being a powerful, amazing learner in all that you do? We have so much information at our fingertips that really, to some extent, is no reason to not know what kind of everything these days. But we all have to have a process and a plan to both learn, apply, and then share what we're doing. And so that's what we want to celebrate today is how people are learning, different ways that you can, how they're applying it in their own life, and how they're sharing it to make the difference that only they can make in the world and live as a thriving entrepreneur. I have three great guests here for you, and we are going to jump right in with our very first guest. Join me in welcoming Treon Mueller. Hi, Treon. How are you doing today? Steve, I'm great. How are you? I am doing really good. We're talking today about your book, The Rise of the Mutant Learner, How to Learn, Lead Effectively in the Digital Age. So before we jump into the book, though, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Well, um, I'm a South African-American with a made-up French name who once managed an Italian restaurant. <laughs> and I've spent the last 22 years in the learning and development space um, as an innovator, an executive, um, and someone who's really been pushing uh, status quo you know, off the block. What do you mean by that, uh, pushing the status quo off the block? Well, um, with the digital... Um, revolution we in right we all know that it seems like forever but we've only been carrying a computer in our pocket and purses for you know not even 15 years yet and um, it feels like that's been forever but the challenge is this the space on how people are like to learn and and how people engage learning experiences or training um, that that has changed there's this google mindset right this thinking of if I want an answer to something, I want it now. And what we don't want to do is to be able to say, okay, I have a problem at work with my career, with my job. I need answers. And now I have to sign up for a training in a month from now and then sit through three days to get an answer to one question. So some of the old school of thinking with training and development, especially that industry, um, is changing, but very slowly. Mm, I love that. I'll give you the perfect example. Um, in fact, way back in the day, my uh, 
my oldest website that I own, alvias.com. Um, don't go there. There's nothing there anymore. Uh, but I do still own it. Um, <laughs> we used to have a quote. We had this scroll of quotes from famous people. And one of them was Bill Gates, of course, you know, right? Um, he had a quote that said, I can't imagine why anyone would need a 40 megabyte hard drive. Okay. Now let's think about that for a minute. I'm going to actually reach over here. Okay. This is my phone. All right. Yeah. You know, everybody's got one, just like you were talking about my phone. Now, granted, I paid extra for this SIM card for it. I have a 256 gig <laughs> SD card in my phone. Okay. Exactly. My phone has a faster processor than servers that were serving the entirety of the internet had in the late 90s <laughs> and that filled entire floors of buildings um so think of think of just that concept it, it is pretty crazy so yes um we we, we have definitely changed <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely but in mine you know he goes back to military days pre-internet and he said i remember when debugging a computer meant we had to go through with spray in these great big tubes and actually spray for bugs <laughs> isn't that interesting because yes they because they were so big and warm so the bugs literally make nests in oh, yeah. these big servers yeah yeah absolutely so um you know that's a lot of fun and i, and I love the concept that you're bringing up because um Mutant learner, it's a fun phrase, but it really is, uh, you know, people that are embracing where we really are. I mean, it's almost more like the rest of your mutants for not having been there kind of a thing. <laughs> it's true. And, and I use that word intentionally. And, and I start my book at the first page almost saying being a mutant is good. And then I show all the different synonyms um, for the word. And think of things like grow, adapt, survive, thrive, uh, transform. So those are all good things. And people say, well, you know, pop culture has taught us that mutant means teenage mutant ninja turtles or the X-Men. And no, it just means that you are adapting and continuously and changing to the environment. And I like to, you know, say that we are, we are not clones. We are more mutants and we all mutate differently, Steve. People, we all different. We, we know this. So why would we want to create a cloned experience that everyone goes through and expect them to actually change? It doesn't work that way. Mm, I love that. Absolutely. I was actually in a discussion just last night with a group that was talking now about training your chat GPT to learn your voice so that when your version of chat gpt is doing things it can actually give you the answers in your voice and i was i was like okay i gotta learn this more <laughs> it, it, it's a it is this world of ai has blown up and and that's part of what i do for my my day-to-day -day is i work with some incredible partners that do incredible things including ai um one of them by the way one they have something called mr Mr. GPT. So think about this. It's Mr. T, kind of, right? They can't take his persona. But it's um, if you feel like you need a pick-me-up, it's in the persona of Mr. T. So you just write him, hey, I'm having a hard day today. And he'll be like, come on, sucker. Get up and go, you know. What, what, I can't do the, the accent because I'm from South Africa. But, 
it, there's some cool things out out there. And and actually, Steve, this concept of AI is is a pivotal part of well, it's one of the points I make in my book that it's almost like we've come full circle. I want you to think about the traditional model of a master and having apprentices, right? You would have a master that would have only a handful of apprentices because they could only spend so much time one-on-one, -on -one, right? With those, with those apprentices. Um, I think that the model, the learning and development or training model has, has morphed and been bastardized over time. So that now we think we can train massive open online courses or MOOCs effectively, right? We can get thousands of people in a training with one master and, and we can get information transferred effectively. And obviously it doesn't work. Um, and that's because in the old way of thinking, the masters, the, you know, the Plato's, the Socrates, for example, they would spend time with their apprentices all day for years and years and years. And that's how change happens. It's, it takes time. But it's come full circle in some ways with AI. I want you to think about this. If that was a personalized experience for each, you know, franchise, I mean, apprentice, think about today with AI, there are some ways that we can customize the experience to us and so that it is personalized, like you just shared, whether it's your voice or whether it, the, whatever the, the result is that's coming back after, your, after you put in a prompt, um, it's coming down personalized. It's, it's mutated to Trion. So anyway, I thought I'd share that since you mentioned AI. Yeah, I love that. So um, I won't ask you which of your kids is your favorite, but I will ask you, what's your favorite part of the book? Wow. Um, I, I'm pretty vulnerable in the book. And that's because I've actually been working on it for about 15 years. It, it, so it's hard for me to say because of, the, you know, the, using the kid thing. I do introduce a new a learning effectiveness framework. So my background, Steve, I'm a, I have a master's degree in instructional technology and learning sciences. Um, and I'm in my PhD program as a cognitive learning scientist. Um, so I'm fascinated by human development, organizational development. I'm fascinated with why humans do what they do um, and how it helps with uh, changing behavior in good ways, right? Learning, training. If, and so I, I've been researching components of my CARES learning effectiveness framework for over 15 years now. And um, what I've come up with, I'm very happy to share with the world. It's actually a lot of free things on my website that gives away um, some of the, like an assessment. It's a way to assess, for example, an existing training course, program, a module you have for the likelihood of it being effective in getting the objectives done. And um, so... I'm really proud of that because I'm, I'm building upon the great work of other researchers and people that people know, like the Kirkpatrick model, Bloom's taxonomy, um, David Merrill's, you know, different five principles of instructional design, you name it. It's, it's building on that, but with the lens and specifically the focus on what can we do today with technology? So it's got a very much a technology push and, and, and uh, focus uh, and, and then the framework helps you to actually um, build effective uh, learning experiences. Mm, I love that so much. So for somebody who isn't a mutant learner, um, we're all allowed to be able to mutate. 
Uh, or, you know, even become the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who, you know, both them and the X-Men were pretty cool. So be your own X-Men. Um, what is something that a person could do right now? What's something you could do to begin to embrace mutant learning? Yeah, so I actually, uh, what I do in the book is I, I share that there are five different types of people in the world, right? Four of them are four different types of mutant learners. So most of us are mutant learners. If, if you are um, online and you're listening to this or you're going online and you're Googling frequently answers to questions, you are a mutant learner. Now, there's different kinds and, and there's no one right kind of mutant. It depends on what you're trying to do and where you are in your um, progression, right? The first type of mutant learner is just purely just someone who's a, a learner. It's just someone who's seeking knowledge and, and to be enhanced by it. The, the, in my opinion, the, the biggest level, the, the best mutant is one that is once they've learned something, they then become a contributor to the ecosystem, to the, the world. They, they add their take on it. They add some new information that now you know, continues to grow this body of knowledge. I talk about the fact that the, the community is the new expert. It's no longer the sage on the stage because the sage on the stage is now several sages on the stage that are part of a community in practice, a community of practice or a group um, that's online sharing and contributing and building upon. Um, the fifth uh, type, by the way, is a zombie and that's you, you don't want to do that. Those are people that um, you know don't have any purpose, don't don't ever seek learning, don't want to learn. There are some, but not many. Most people are want to desire and learn in some way or another, even if it's just googling it once in a while. Mm, I love that. I always I often refer to a zombie as somebody who's already dead. They just haven't had the politeness to lay down. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Or they. Or they, they're already dead and they, they have a controller in their hand and they've been playing for 24 hours straight, right? And, and I have nothing against gaming. I'm actually a huge fan of gaming and gamification because there's lots of proven research on how effective it is. But if that's all you do and all you live for uh, and you're not giving back uh, in any way, then you are a zombie. So the book is called The Rise of the Mutant Learner, How to Learn and Lead Effectively in the Digital Age. Um, and, and all of us really do need to embrace uh, even more so the learning, the mutant learning. Um, and then if we then take and put that to how we teach as well, that, that, that's book two that you got to write, by the way, now is The Rise of the Mutant Teacher. Um, <laughs> Perfect follow-up book, um, and we'll talk about that. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, really, if we can all start doing that, what an amazing world we could have if people really embraced it rather than fought it. And, and you know, Steve, I do, um, I, do go, I, do, I do start bridging that gap between mutant learner and mutant, I call them mutant leader, uh, which are teachers, right, and professionals. And I, the thing about it is, imagine if we were intentional, even if only for 15 minutes a day in our learning on a topic or an area that we are interested in 15 minutes. Um, when we have a busy life, all of us are busy, right? For, and you can make it longer. That's fine. But if you're interested in something like becoming a real estate agent, for example, and you're not one right now, well, if you at least spend 15 minutes a day working towards a goal. And so I talk about creating a mutant learning lab, 
Um, it's a process I walk people through in the book to how to use this process to become more efficient or proficient in something. And um, that, that's a good way to live with more purpose and meaning each day. I love that. Uh, you can get the book today for free. I did put the link in the description. It's also down in the comments. Um, but uh, if somebody would want to go deeper with you, Triana, how could they be in contact with you? You know, they can just uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I have a weird spelling of my name, so it's pretty easy to find. It's T-R-E-I-O-N. That's one way. You could also uh, go to my website, um, which is trion.com, T-R-E-I-O-N.com, which leads you to modernlearningarchitect.com. It's, uh, it's easy to remember, trion.com. And um, you can also just email me. And that's my first dot, my last name at gmail.com. I have a, a business email, but it's longer. So I'm using that one. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Well, do go get the book today. It's free. Um, it's really cool and exciting. It's a lot of fun. The Rise of the Mutant Learner, How to Learn and Lead Effectively in the Digital Age. Trion, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thanks, Steve, for having me. Be a mutant learner. Embrace learning and growing and thriving and living in all that you do. Apply it to your life and then find ways to be able to teach it and to lead others in that learning too and live as a thriving entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about what are you learning? How are you applying it? We want to talk now more about the ways we can learn. Sometimes we learn in school, but often life is the best teacher of all. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's the best when we're going through it, but the things that we learn from it can help us to learn and grow and be awake. All right, everybody, here is a fun one for you. I have some of the authors from the amazing new anthology book, Rattled Awake. This is volume one. But this is the powerhouse beginning to us, and I just really am excited to celebrate with some of the co-authors in this anthology as we talk about moments that they were rattled awake. 
we're going to go through here and have everybody introduce themselves, tell us about their chapter, and tell us what they're on a mission to do. So with that said, let me first introduce to you CJ, Dr. Constance Leyland. Hello, everybody. <laughs> okay, I forgot the assignment. Wait, title, title of the book. Uh, title is The Beneath the Perfect Score, The Silent Crisis of Student Suicides in Asian Cultures. Is that all I got to say right now? Tell us uh, what you're on a mission to do. Ah, uh, okay. I um, My mission is to level up the world through education. And I wanna be the catalyst for change through collaboration, which is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I want you guys to tune in to my podcast, which is called Level Up. It's on 25 distribution channels so that I can showcase all of the resilience from all over the world of my guest, right? And I also own Level Up Academy and I take my commitment further through providing transformative courses for personal development. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. All right. And next we have Susanna Dawn. Susanna, tell us a little bit about you. Hi there. I'm Susanna Dawn. My chapter within this book is look beyond the box for we are so, so much more. Hey. What I look in this world is to lift women beyond the boxes they feel stuck in so that they can shine as their authentic selves. Because so many of us, we just feel stuck. We feel, we feel like we can't move. Something's in control, and it's time to take that control back and move beyond the box. I never quite fit that proverbial box, and I refuse to do it anymore. And you can find me on LinkedIn. All right, that's awesome. So next up. We have Russ Hedge. Russ, tell us a little bit about you. Hey, everybody. My name is Russ Hedge, and I am all about inspiring and encouraging you to live your best life now, to live your purpose. And actually, that's the name of the chapter that I wrote in the book, Live Your Purpose Now. And I am uh, always here to encourage and uplift. I love people. And this has been such an amazing experience. Thanks for letting me be part of it. All right. And did you tell us what you're on a mission to? Yes, I'm on a mission to inspire and encourage you to live a purpose-driven life, your best life now. Perfect. Well, next we have coming up, Miss Lonnie Ray herself, our organizer, commander. Yeah. Lonnie, tell us a little bit about you. Lonnie, hey, guys. Lonnie. Uh, you guys, you guys are what made Rattled Awake so special. Um, my chapter is called The Pressure Canner. And... Um, uh, I'm on a mission to raise the voices of others um, to elevate, inspire, and change our world for the better. I work, you know, in story development, and I love to apply that to help you find your message and mission and put it down on paper and on the air as a podcast guest. So that's what I do. Awesome. Yes. How can we get in contact with you, Lonnie? Uh, LinkedIn forward slash Lonnie. All right. Awesome. Next, we have coming to the stage. Nick, Nick, I'll let you pronounce your whole name for everybody if you want to. <laughs> that's, I want to say that's why I became Nick, but that's really not why. So I'm Nicole Angai Galindo. Yes, everybody calls me Nick. And um, I am the gifted bipolar writer. About five months ago, I really came into my own. And uh, through embracing that as a gift, 
I've now come into Rattled Awake with all these fabulous people. And the name of my chapter is The Bipolar Pen, Unleashing the Gift of a Writer. Uh, my mission is to help people that are bipolar to embrace their gift. Um, you know, people that struggle with a mental illness, it can be quite challenging. And that does not mean that you do not deserve to live your very best life. If I can do it, if I can start a business and five months later be successful doing it, there is absolutely nothing holding you back. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. And like Lonnie says, I am forward, splash, forward splash, slash Nick the GBW. Love that. All right. And then next, we have Leanna Stock Luma. Leanna, tell us a little bit about you. Hi there, I'm Leanna Stock-Luma. My chapter is um, transfer your setbacks into remarkable comebacks. My mission is just to let anyone know that bad things happen, whether it's a disease or trauma, things you think you just can't do anything and opportunities come up and grab them and go. I um, have started a website, it's been great. It's been great being a part of this book. Um, I look forward to reading everyone else's chapter, and you can find me at Leanna Stock-Luma on LinkedIn. Love that. And then last but definitely not least, coming up to talk to us now, Willie J. Willie, tell us a little bit about hey, you. Hey, hey. Uh, hello, everybody. This is an exciting day. Uh, founder, CEO of uh, Permission Entertainment, and uh, our mission and goal in life and vision is to create more hope through arts and entertainment and to empower more people uh, and change some more lives. And my chapter, first I want to give a big shout out to everybody and especially Lonnie and Steve, man. We appreciate you guys for uh, the invitation here. And uh, our motto in life is to show people, you know, my chapter is called Growing With The Flow. And uh, that's really been the catalyst for my life. It's been a lifestyle. I've seen to have grown up better with the unexpected waves like a surfer and uh, learned to leverage uh, my pressure by taking the URE off of it. And uh, you get to hear more about that in the book. So I'm just excited to be a part of it. And uh, we're just growing with the flow. That's, that's it. And we want to uh, change one life at a time. I love that. My name is Steve Kidd. Uh, my chapter is called It's All an Illusion. And I'm on a mission here to really highlight and capture the best of who you are to help you be able to share that amazing brilliance that is you with the world. It's my honor. Uh, you can go pretty much anywhere and go ask Steve Kidd and you'll find me. Or you can find me at my website. Uh, it happens to be right up there in the corner, uh, thrivingbestsellers.com. So first of all, I would like all of you to do me a big favor. Give Lonnie a big hand for all of the work and time and effort she's doing. I know she doesn't know I was going to do that. Salute, salute, salute. And, and CJ, don't sit down yet. Let everybody see your shirt. Look at that. Wow, CJ, awesome. that's awesome. Awesome juice. We will have to find out how everybody can order shirts from CJ yes. to be able to a personal rattle the wake t-shirt. Um, I want to ask everybody a question, and, and if you can take about 30 seconds and answer this. Um, and this is the key question that highlighted our book, and it's this. Over the past five years, what is the single biggest event that caused you to completely change your perspective, learn from, 
and become a better or different person. Um, we'll go back around the horn again. CJ, go ahead and kick us off. Um, I, I actually, the very first thing is vulnerability. Um, I was ashamed of it, of a lot of things. And there was an aha moment definitely last year that I said, I'm going to use my vulnerability because it is my superpower because then people can relate to my issue rather than looking perfect on everything. You thought my resume, it looks perfect. But if, if I don't show up as a real me and what I'm going through, no one, I could not level up anyone with that mentality. But if me showing up with me as imperfectly, I'm perfectly imperfect. That was my power. I'm on my zone of genius, Steve. Love that. Absolutely. Susanna. For me, the things that happened, it was it was just dealing with issues that that tore me down in many ways, and being able to to forgive the people that that did it to me, so that I could turn around and just get stronger. It's it's the way that I move out of the box to be my authentic self, to be who I've always been. It's just like my motto is, I'm not what I used to be, yet I am who I've always been. And that is what's central to me moving forward. Mm -hmm. Good say. Russ, tell us your rattled awake moment. Well, you know, I've, <clears throat> excuse me, I've always been a really inspiring, encouraging guy, but I realize that even though my purpose in life, I told everybody was to really reach out and inspire and encourage them. I was, I was speaking about it, but I wasn't really doing it. And it took the last five years, I've had a lot happen, but especially in this last year through my journey with cancer, um, really gave me a new perspective on um, life and how precious and, and it is and how little time we have to really make an impact and a difference. And so my rather awake moment was kind of that God moment when I had the aha that I really needed to be reaching out and living what I was proclaiming. And part of that, like CJ said, was being vulnerable and sharing what was going on to me. Through that, I would uh, real life situation was able to inspire and encourage people. And then they reached out to me and I was able to actually one-on-one -on -one encourage and inspire people um, it was just an amazing process. So that was definitely my, my uh, rattled awake moment. Love it. Lonnie, how about for you? Um, I could tackle a pressure canner and win. Huh. <laughs> it took me a year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a motivation behind that um, because I became aware of, of uh, you know, thousands of food plants burning overnight. And it was mysterious. And I was like, what the heck? I like to eat. Doesn't everybody else? And so it was really important to me to figure out how to how to can food and how to preserve and overcome my fear of this thing. And I did it. And it saved my can later when I had an accident and I really needed to call on that stuff. So being prepared, not scared, and then tackling something that was so scary. I held it like it had cooties out five feet from me. Like, ah, I hate you, but I need you. I don't know what to do with this. So it's really a motivational chapter, but it's also informational so that we can all be prepared for what's what's ahead. Yeah. Nick, how about for you? Um, so I guess, I guess my own would have started uh, about two and a half years ago. Uh, really, really 
bad episode of um, depression and thought that I kind of had everything under control and that got it under control. But it wasn't until December 7th of last year that I realized that there was so much more for me. Um, literally got rattled. I, I fell and broke my left knee cap and um, that shook all the marbles around in my brain. I was on top of the world. I just started a new job. I was the operations manager. And I thought, oh, it doesn't get any better than this. And then that pretty much got pulled out from under me. So um, that's when I realized that, you know, what happens if I weren't okay physically as well? And I just took the conversions of both and embraced my bipolarness and did something with it, basically. Awesome. That was definitely my rattled awake moment. Leanna, how about for you? Uh, for me, I've had multiple sclerosis for many years. And over the years, there have just been setbacks and setbacks. And I, I feel like I've been a strong person and overcome them, um, changing jobs, decreasing my hours, what have you. But I had a surgery on my feet in 2019, and I was forced to leave my job just because of the complications. And just like it was sent from God, um, my husband was looking for a website, a, a do-it-yourself site, and a gentleman sent him, I don't have anything like that, but I've got this. And it was dealing with diabetes.org. I'm a, a diabetes educator, and it's just like, this is how I can continue to educate people from home. And my message is just that, just when you feel like it, you're down and out and there's nowhere to go, there's always something there, and you just gotta look for it. And Willie, how about for you? Yes, uh, about five years ago, maybe or less, uh, I was in a you know set to record one of my biggest records. It was a charity-based record for the kids back in St. Louis, uh, the performing arts, and we had just been discovered by uh, Mr. Leonard Skander. I called him uh, Steven Wrench, and uh, he's co-writer of Sweet Home Alabama and all that good stuff, and he seemed very fond of the record and he approached me via email and it was time to maybe three days uh before it was time to record uh the actual record and lay it down in the studio or whatnot with one of my clients arthur flash johnson um we were riding pretty high at the moment and uh he had just he had also received the naacp award for the great work he's doing back home in the city that we both grew up and um i'm no stranger to uh pressure and having to, you know, be resilient. And that's why I say resilience is brilliant. So we're finally set to record, at least I thought, and um, three days before that time, my rattled awake moment came. I woke up nauseous that morning. Ironically, I was okay that previous night, but around four or five, maybe five-ish a.m., uh, I started vomiting and getting dizzy and before I could even get back from over the uh, toilet, so to speak, uh, from vomiting, uh, I get this strange phone call from my daughter's mom and said, "Are how are you? How are you? Are you okay? Uh, you're okay? You're okay? I'm like, okay, this is odd. I normally don't get this type of phone call from her sporadically this way. It was a real sporadic moment. And I said, I really don't, you know, what is it? Is it okay? Can I help you? Or is everything okay? Because I'm, I'm having a bad moment right now. I'm not feeling well. I said, well, wow, I really hate to add on to your bad moment, but your cousin had been just found 
dead in the back of his car. And it ended up uh, being, I think he had found eight or nine pills in his system at the time. And uh, he was a very close, uh, close cousin, family member. And uh, he always wanted to go on tour with me. So I'm faced with this decision to condense this. I'm faced with a decision to record, to finally record the record. And the engineer finally gets the horrible news. And um, my buddy Ken, and he says, uh, do you want to continue? I'm sorry for your loss. Condolences. And I said, well, let me get back to you in, in the hour. And uh, let me just think about this, man. Uh, thank you for your prayers. So while in tears, I hear this voice. And I said, I need you to spell out the word pressure and take the URE off of the word pressure, because this was some very high pressure. And he said, what are you left with? And I said, the word press. So he said, I want you to take the URE off of the word pressure, God, this inner voice. And he said, um, something magical is going to happen in the studio with this record, and I'm going to do something special. I'm going to breathe on it. So you're going to gain from this pain. And that's where we came up the terminology pain is gang. So that's what my chapter is about. And that, from that moment, I was awakened and I learned how to press forward. And I grew that day and learned how to leverage, better leverage a very rough moment in time in my life. So that's pretty much what growing with the flow is about. Thanks. Thanks, Willie. I really appreciate it. Um, the, the link to get the book today for free is in the description. I've also dropped it a couple of times here in the comments, but just in case you haven't been reading them, there it is one more time. Um, I encourage you to get Rattled Awake Volume 1 today. Thank you all of you for joining me here live. I know it was last minute, we just kind of threw it together, but I thought, let's just uh, spend some time helping other people discover how they too can be Rattled Awake. So with that said, thank you every single one of you for being part of this book and for the others that weren't able to join us, thank you as well. And uh, just as a final little personal comment, this is my 22nd number one international bestseller. It isn't quite to number one yet, but it will be. And so I'm celebrating that with you guys too. Yeah. So, uh, let's all live our lives. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Lenny and Steve. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Live life thank you. Of the you guys way. are awesome. You're, all of you are awesome, man. Great yes, to be definitely. family. Family, man. Family. What has rattled you awake? And what did you learn from it? What are the things that you're learning? What are you doing to apply it? And how are you then teaching others so that they too can learn and live and thrive in all they do? Let's take another commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. author who's on a mission stand out with your brand out <laughs> check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with 
Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about what are you learning and how are you applying it. We have lessons we learn in school, lessons that we learn from experiences we have in life, and then there's those lessons that we learned as we're growing up. All of those help us live better and be more of a thriving entrepreneur. Here's our next guest. Join me in welcoming Charlie McCarrick. Hey, Charlie, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Steve. How about you? I'm doing really good, thanks. So first off, tell us a little bit um, about you and how you show up in the world. What kind of things you do in this world? Okay, I, uh, I, I'm a founder of a company called MicroAnt, which uh, manufactures, designs, and sells microwave antennas. Microwave being the spectrum of frequency that uh, these antennas operate in. So I'm an antenna designer and an engineer and an entrepreneur uh, uh, by, uh, by my own design. I started the company about 20 years ago. Uh, it began in Massachusetts. I relocated it to Jacksonville. I've been down here about 15 years now. The company has grown. And uh, uh, during that time, in the past couple of years, I wrote a book describing the, uh, my, my odyssey and evolution of the company. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it will reach other entrepreneurs, be happy to talk to them about that and help them as I uh, prepare for my own uh, exit strategy. I love that. The book is called Lessons My Brothers Taught Me, How to Transform Your Personal Qualities into a Successful Business. Um, it's a lot of fun besides being a very practical guide. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the lessons that your brothers taught you. Okay, I, I start out... Uh, in, uh, with, with one of the first lessons in which uh, I said that uh, essentially every activity involving my brothers, we were, we were competing as to not lose, as opposed to competing to, uh, competing to win, because competing uh, not to lose meant that if you, if you did lose, you know, you got, you got the hell beat out of you or some terrible uh, punishments. Were, were, and, and the only award for winning was not having to go through the punishment. So uh, I, I may take that lesson and I apply it to business and many business owners because they tell me all about the things that they want to put in place so they don't fail rather than putting all their energy in succeeding. And, and there's a distinct difference. And I, and I hear about this other day. In fact, I had a friend over this, uh, this weekend who is starting a business, brilliant guy, has a, uh, a huge uh, opportunity for building his business, but already I see him going down the path of preparing not to fail as opposed to preparing to succeed. That's really good insight. Uh, a lot of us do that. You know, we're trying to keep from the pain rather than reaching the goal. So how do we even know what success looks like, especially if we're 
trained to just not get beat up, basically. Only we uh, individually can define what success is because it's a very personal thing and it depends on what your objectives are, what you would, uh, you know, what, what you feel is your purpose and your, what is it that you want to achieve. In the early days, success meant that I was simply going to be able to uh, be able to afford uh, to pay the rent and uh, to sustain a, a living. Then over time, I said, well, you know, maybe uh, I can actually stretch this out where it provide a retirement for me. But at the end, what I realized what was really important was creating a team that was able to sustain the company uh, equally well with or without me. And accomplishing that and seeing all these people in play and then realizing that I could help others, that I realized what is the thing that was most important to me. There was interactions with people and less so the so-called uh, material awards or rewards that uh, I could garner for myself. What you describe is a pretty typical process that a lot of businesses go through um, with the experience that only experience gives us. If you could advise the younger version of yourself, would you try to get the younger version of yourself to be more focused on the kind of things you're thinking about now versus that just struggle to make it through today? I would. I think the the key advice that I would give myself is to stop flying by the seat of your pants. Uh, you have an objective and you're practicing tactics day in and day out and you have no strategy. I had no strategy that was connecting to them. And I should have involved others who were actually quite expert at that. And these people are available everywhere. Uh, and I did not tap into it. I believe that the last thing I needed was coaching. I needed to spend my time designing and selling and earning money. I was so focused on the next dollar. I wasn't focused on building structures, processes in place that was going to build a sustaining company. So that was the, be the advice that I would give myself. Although I don't know I would have listened to it. It would only have come from the future me because if anybody else had told me at the time, I would say, no, 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 I, you know. I, uh, I need to be able to pay the rent. I, I, I don't want, you know, I, I wouldn't have appreciated the return on investment. And the reason I think it's so important is I see that mistake being made all the time by people who believe that they are uncoachable. They don't believe in strategy because they don't understand what it is. And they know you need to plan, but they don't have a clue how to do it. That, especially when we're starting out a business, that pressure of having to have to pay this month's rent, you know, so you get to continue living indoors, uh, you know, which is pretty, pretty nice for all of us. Um, you know, it's a real pressure, especially when you're starting a business. How do you juggle the, uh, you know, as a beginning company that need to cover basic bills and the desire to really have and put in place and take the time for systems? Well, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. I mean, you do have to have some capital available to you, either in the form of a credit card, a, uh, a savings, or a loan, or simply borrowing it from family or friends. And the, the reason for that is because you have to build up certain material infrastructure. You need equipment. Uh, also, if you're building product, then you're going to have to pay vendors long before you're able to ship and, and invoice for those things. Uh, so first and foremost, yeah, you do have to have something trickling in, in ways of revenue. I didn't have a lot of money starting up. So what I did was I began consulting 
but so many people are consulting now. I don't know how they break through the noise level and get people's attention. But I was uh, doing antenna design and consulting and essentially giving away, you know, the intellectual property, uh, but billing hourly. But that was able to lay down, you know, enough uh, enough revenue for me to uh, to start start building a sustainable builders business. Now, I'm not saying that this model works for everyone, but the but I would certainly say the strategy plan does because in your strategy you have to know how you're going to bankroll this operation, and if it's with a credit card, fine, let it be with a credit card. But you have to understand when and where the payback is going to be, so you don't end up you know, in bankruptcy court. So you have to be really mindful of what uh, your resources are, how to use them, how to deploy them efficiently, cost effectively, you know, and, 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 and moving forward. So I don't want to minimize the, the need of being a, a, paying uh, attention to where the next dollar is coming from. But if that's where your entire focus is, then what you've really done is created a job for yourself rather than building a business. Hmm. And there are a lot of people that do that. They give up their... Uh you know, nine to five job to be able to work nine to nine uh, for little or no money. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. You know, during COVID, while I was writing the book, uh, it's around 2020, I, I suspected there was going to be an enormous trend of people working remotely and then remotely was going to be working independently. And, and that, that has happened. If you go to LinkedIn, um, I don't know about you, but I, if, if I don't get at least 10 people asking me to coach, you know, asking me if I need to be coached. I want this for my company, that for the company. I mean, it's the, the cold calling is out of the, you know, it's just gotten out of hand. And, and I think what happened there is that uh, people now working uh, remotely and, and independently, uh, they've taken their job on the road. That is a really difficult thing to do in this environment, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. But everybody now thinks that they're a coach. Everybody wants to sell or do something. How do we, you know, how do I or how do they, you know, just get through all of the noise and get anybody's attention? I mean, I see these now and I know these are individuals and I know they're pouring their heart out. But, you know, why would I ever respond to each and every one of them and, you know, and give them an answer? It's uh, it, 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 it's too, too much. So I think what's happened is these people that are offering strategy don't really have a strategy in place for themselves. Um, and so, yeah, it's one thing to take your job and bring it in the industry and decide you're going to be a coach, but you need to have a strategy. If you're going to be a business, even if you're a one-person business and you want it to sustain yourself, you have to have a better plan than just cold calling people. Mm, I love that. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your brothers. Um, I've always wondered, especially as I've looked at the cover, because obviously there wasn't a whole lot of respect there um, when you were, a, you know, a little brother. Um, all of us that are little brothers understand that. But um, where are things now? I mean, do they look at who you are now and respect you, or do you still always just feel like a little brother with them? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would uh, take exception to the, the part about not being respected. We respected each other, and there was a higher hierarchy there that you respected. So you respected the hierarchy, right? Knowing that uh, we were in the pecking order, had everything to do with your age, your size, and your physical strength. You know? And so as we grow older and age, physical strength really don't come into play anymore. No, that we all, I, each and every one of us, I think, look at each other with an enormous amount of respect. And, and I know that uh, 
all my brothers respect everything that I've accomplished and everything uh, that I'm doing, as I respect all that they have accomplished and all that they're doing. Every each one of them, in their own right, has uh, accomplished incredible things. Well, that's good. I mean, because a lot of times you hear stories about that, and you know, the brothers are still fighting like they were. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's that's an unfortunate story. That's really yeah. You, you need to love your family. You need to love your brothers. You need to love everyone. I um. So let's let's take a specific incident where you, as the youngest, were trying to get that thing that we all want, where you get out of your pecking order and get some success early. Um, what were the ways that you accomplished that, but also some ways where they kind of helped you, help, held you down and made you stay in your place even when you didn't want to? Okay, well, the thing is to be learned. It's to learn, right, and adapt and gain sensibility. Um, let's take uh, the uh, my brother Bill and his electric handshake, which is when he would take an extension cord with two beard wires, hold it behind his back, and say, come shake my hand. And you shake his hand and you get the, the crab shark out of you and you fall to the, for the floor. He, the, uh, the whole time, I'm sure he was getting shocked as well, was laughing like hell. And uh, you, you drop down and you say, well, I'll never do that again. But, oh, Billy was so clever. He'd find other ways for you to uh, you know, touch his hand, either hand him a wrench or some other conductor or whatever, and he'd shock you. And then if you didn't see both hands, right, you say something is up. And then... If, you know, you look around and say, if there could be an extension cord here. Now, you'd think, oh, I'm outdoors. But, you know, growing up, we had extension cords and pipes and all over the yard. So it was, you know, it, it was difficult. So the thing is, you had to become wise. It, and if he, you shocked me once, right? You know, shame on you. Shocked me twice. You know, shame on me. So from there on, it was my responsibility to avoid the shock and not Billy, give Bill the pleasure of shocking me. So eventually in time, I learned, you know, the trick too well. And then I avoided Billy outright until he came up with a new trick and, uh, and, and, and lured me in unexpectedly. I love that. I mean, I think it's one of those kind of things that only those of us that were little brothers really understand uh, both the love, but also the torment that our older brothers, you know, loved so much putting on us. <laughs> so uh, before I let you go, let's talk just a little bit about some things that people could do right now. What is what is kind of a starting place to uh, begin to discover your own personal qualities and start really inserting them systematically into your business? Yeah, well, it, it's, you know, when character serves you the best of course uh, for yourself is when you make a decision the type of company that you're going to run the type of service that you're going to offer i'm not saying the type of service, but so much as the quality of the service that it is going to be something of value it's going to be special because you're going to put your heart and soul into it you're going to meet that person's expectations and if something goes awry you shall not quit until they are satisfied. So that kind of personal character, I think, if the one personal character that you need, it's that. It's having that integrity and that wherewithal to execute. From the business side, you know, like big brothers, there are companies out there and vendors that are far bigger than you that simply aren't going to respect you. Now, this is a fair and proper use of the word respect. They will shut down 
and uh, uh, it, it, a transaction with you for no rhyme, reason, or warning. They will misrepresent themselves in terms of uh, their ability to pay or to execute or uh, do their part of the deal. Or uh, worst, you know, they, they will simply steal your technology, manufacture it, patent it, use it for themselves. It happens a lot. And it happens because you know, the small companies like Little Brothers, what are we going to do? There's no parent to yell, you know, scream to. You, know, you, you have to be aware of them. You have to be smart. And so the awareness and the wherewithal to understand uh, the character of the individuals you're dealing, get, dealing with is going to make all the difference in the world to you. So uh, the, the, those are the two key things, I think. You're having the integrity to uh, do your job the absolute best you can and having the intelligence to be sensible of the characters that you're dealing with and that many will take advantage of you if they can. The book is called Lessons My Brothers Taught Me, How to Transform Your Personal Qualities into a Successful Business. I did just drop the link into the, uh, you know, into the comments, in case you didn't see it up in the description. Either way, you can get the book today for free uh, with its brand new, really cool cover. Shout out to, was it your niece that made the new cover? My, my, my niece, Charlie, her actual name is Charlin, but we, are, uh, we call her Charlie, yes. Uh, really great cover. I think it really uh, is going to give you some insight into both what the book's going to show you as well as kind of how much fun it is. Charlie, I really appreciate the book and I appreciate you spending some time with us here on the show today. Oh, uh, Steve, I really appreciate you helping me to, uh, to, to make people aware of the book and for all your help with the cover and everything else. Kudos to you. Sometimes the lessons that we were learning growing up we didn't really celebrate them or love them a whole lot. Those of us that were younger siblings may have really wished for the day when we could be bigger and better than our brothers. I know none of the rest of you have felt that, but I can admit I went through that. But as we grow, we learn and we see that all of those become a wonderful part of the kaleidoscope of who we are. And then we can look back and we can say, what did I learn? What did I learn over the course of the past five years? What did I learn from the family that I grew up with? What are the things that I'm learning in school? How can I apply that in my own life? And then how can I pass it on to make others have a better and greater life as well? That is an amazingly incredible way to live as a thriving entrepreneur because you know you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world needs you. I'm so grateful for the time we got to be here together. I hope that you're happy, safe, warm, and loved. That you know how amazing you are. And that every day you'll be learning and growing and living as a thriving entrepreneur. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs>
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Destiny.